This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Last week, the greatest moment in NXT history happened. One of the greatest NXT champions, and let's not forget the first ever Universal Champion, Finn Balor, was beaten by me, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> you see, I actually used to look up to Finn Balor, but after I caved him, man, he was looking up at me. One, Two, three. <laughs> yeah! Some people may call it an upset. Some people may even say it was a surprise. But I don't care what you think. Because all I know, it's grind time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Woo! Yeah! It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline, and we're back to talk more NXT on the WWE Network and uh, USA Network as well, of course. Uh, this is episode 561 of the NXT television program, a dull-sounding number for a kind of dull show, dull. at least in the ring, yeah. 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 Some things happened, but... In many ways, nothing Ish. happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a big buildup. Some news was announced, and that was the big thing on this show, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. This show opened immediately with Karrion Cross and his incredibly elaborate entrance, taking mm-hmm. on Liam Gray, who at cool. first I thought was only just Liam because I didn't hear them say the rest of his name. I'm glad you even got his name. I just wrote someone. <laughs> well, I, I I didn't catch his oh, name, and on the back of his gear was the word or the name Liam in all capital letters. So I presume that was his name, but yeah, I saw it eventually. But at first, it was like okay, I thought, some guy. Yeah, I thought maybe like Cher, like he just goes by Liam. But oh yeah, Liam Gray is apparently his name. Um, here are my notes. Liam is dead now. Suplex and cross jacket. One star. Mm. Do you have any further notes on Karrion Cross and Liam? Um, a little bit. Entrance is too long, but I guess he's about to have a 10-second match. Poor <laughs> Liam doesn't even get to walk down the ramp. Cross no. just destroying this man with super strength and then the cross jacket. Nothing happened here other than Liam getting thrown around like a ragdoll once. I went a little higher than you. I gave it one and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, grapple 
one point one. Okay, respectable. That's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> little did I know that we'd be in for uh, kind of a night full of matches, kind of like this a little bit. Yeah, they Tom- all kind of relate. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa he swaggers out to the ring, says that NXT is his home, but Cross knows that, so that's why he attacked him. Says he even respects it a little bit. Knows that this uh, Carrion Cross fellow is, is special. He's got a big special entrance, and he's tall, and he weighs a lot of pounds. But <laughs> Tommaso says that he is a special boy as well, and. Uh, he has come out here to say that they are facing each other at TakeOver. Awkward silence. Yeah. Very long, awkward, awkward silence. silence. Holy someone cow. did not press the play button on someone's exit music quick enough. Oh my God, that's the thing. That's what I just realized all of a sudden. They didn't play music. He just slowly walked off. <laughs> yeah. I could hear like the creaks of the steps like they were taking. Yep. <laughs> So Um, weird. Don't do this, guys. Yeah. Play the music. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of surprised, though, that, like, his his first real match, Karrion Cross is going up against Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but also I'm like, hmm, usually you get some build-up matches. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Well, it seems like they want to strap the rocket to this guy immediately, and when you want to do that, you just put him up there against a big guy and have him beat the big guy, so... Maybe yep, that's what they're right going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so before Tommaso came out though, Scarlett was standing in the middle of the ring. Yes, and I don't know if you caught this or not, but the way she, so the way she was breathing, you either saw her rib cage mm-hmm. or her abs are incredible. I don't know which one it is. I think like, it's a combination of both. I also okay. noticed this. I'm like, wow. Okay, I can see all of her ribs. Yes, is I was I like. Oh my goodness! Like, and it looked like um, it looked like she was wearing a corset without yes. having a corset on. And yes. I was like, oh, how how is this possible? She anyway. has a she has a nearly impossible figure. Yeah, she also is a wrestler. I saw some videos of her. So yes, yes. After we discussed this uh, last time, yeah. I went and and sought confirmation, and yes, she does wrestle, but it's not super frequently. I think no, but her finisher is awesome. Is it? I don't even know what it is. You have a leg Uh, up on me here. Yeah. My husband found it. Oh, cool. (laughs) um, Yeah. Well, still, (laughs) leg up on me on this one. Uh, I didn't even know she had one. So, let alone that it is cool. So, nice. Uh, (laughs) We get a recap of the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament up until this point. Then Mm -hmm. we get uh, El Hijo del Fantasma against Akira Tozawa in the group, what would turn out to be the Group B Finals. Uh, both of and, these men had a uh, had a similar record going into this. Mm-hmm. Lots of back and forth, friendly wrestling type stuff early on. Mm-hmm. Very quick movements. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of these guys are pretty quick. Phantasma mm-hmm. ends up in control and it didn't last very long. There's, they go right back to the back and forth stuff. Uh, Tazawa does this really nice Lucha inspired, uh, inspired bulldog hits his big senton, but Phantasma mm-hmm. rolls to the outside and Tozawa's ribs are hurting. Um, I think they were hurting a little bit before the senton, but after the senton, he was really hurting. Phantasma yeah. takes advantage of this, tries to hit the phantom driver at first. Tozawa blocks it and locks in a submission, but Phantasma fights out of it, 
keeps him in position, hits the Phantom Driver, gets the pin, wins the group, and it took the announcers probably way too long to realize that Phantasma had actually won the group. Well, fair enough, because I don't agree. They have the same record. Well, they do, but they announced that the tiebreaker, if there were ties, would go to whoever has the better head-to-head record. And in this case, uh, Phantasma has the better head-to-head record against Tozawa because he just beat him. So That's stupid. Yes. <laughs> That's a very sport. I don't like it. That's a very sports-like way of doing it. No, you know what it is. It's a very convenient way of doing it, so that your match, the final, gets on takeover. Yeah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing NXT. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Uh, what did you uh, think of these two? It was pretty good. There was my favorite thing that happened here was um, Phantasma like popped up Tazawa and then just dropped him on the ropes at one point. I don't know what these men were doing mm-hmm. half the time. They were just like. <laughs> But no, because they were just like all over the place, but in a good way. They weren't like oh yeah, they were very like frantic. Frantic, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it, it it seemed very calculated. It didn't seem like you know you're just because yeah. you know you can see people running around and it's like you what the hell are you doing? These people yeah. looked very they, Tizawa. I thought Tizawa, I liked Tizawa a lot actually mm-hmm. after this. Yeah, he's great. so. Um, and I thought the two of them together were pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Very different, but very cool. So yeah. What did you give them? Um, I give it a two and a half. Oh, I liked it even a little bit more than you did. I went two and three quarters. Wow. Yeah, I like these two. I thought they worked really well together. Match was probably a little too short for my liking. I think they could have gone mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Uh, Jacqueline hates to hear that. <laughs> She's like, no, no shorter. Perfect. Shorter is better. Short. Uh, grapple 2.99. Wow. They liked it a lot more than we did. Wow, Grapple. All right. Mm. I can get on board with this. Sure. Uh, what did we have next? Uh, a recap of the tag team title change from last week and the problems that Matt Riddle had with Timothy Thatcher, which then took us to Timothy Thatcher, who is outside. And this man does not have a professional wrestling promo voice at all. He said he had fun tearing Matt Riddle apart, but he wants more so that he wants another match with Matt Riddle, but no pins this time, only submissions or knockouts. And Matt Riddle can choose the location of this battle. Yeah. Didn't, um, didn't we already have this type of a match with Matt Riddle? Was it Matt Riddle and Tony Nice? Like when Riddle first got there where they, it was like a tap out only match. I think he, yeah, they did something like that. I don't think it was with Nice. I'm trying to Maybe remember. Maybe it wasn't it was. Nice. It was someone, and I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, we talked like, about this last week, and we're trying to figure out, we're like on a quest now to figure out who this mystery yeah. person was that Matt Riddle had a grappling match with, but I don't we, remember. Yes. No, th- I, I think these are two different matches. Um, Quite possibly. I don't know. Anyway, but all I can say is that um, if they're going to be doing this kind of a match, I, I guess it's going to be a takeover, and it's probably going to be similar to the Ciampa-Gargano match mm-hmm. that was like highly stylized and filmed well i can uh i can in fact uh spoiler here because they didn't talk about it on the show but they did announce on the intertubes that they will i mean and matt riddle says later that he wants to have a match with thatcher in mm-hmm. a cage but as it turns out i believe it is going to be some sort of mma type cage and oh. uh, kurt angle will be the referee for the match so what yes Oh, wow. which is weird because okay. you know they fired him, so that's weird. Yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of that happening in WWE these days. They <laughs> the, really just don't. Oh my god! They I fire don't. people and they don't know what firing somebody means, and they just keep bringing them into work. Yeah, 
Oh, God. They make, they make me crazy. This might be one of my favorite things on the show, uh, what we got next. We got this Shotzi Blackheart video where <laughs> she informs us that she is our daddy. She likes to rock. She likes to roll. And how she rolls is in a goddamn tank, Jacqueline. Literally a tank. Uh, she says that her dad was a biker and that uh, his influences and in rock like brought her to punk. And she was in a punk band, which of course she was. And that punk and wrestling kind of go hand in hand. She fell in love with wrestling through punk music. And then she literally drives a tank over cars while mocking all of the heels in the women's division. <laughs> like crushing Chelsea Green's makeup or smushing a pixie for Candice LeRae or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, <laughs> I thought this ruled and it gave, like, if you didn't know who the Shotzi Blackheart character was, like, I didn't you really know, know. You now know what she is. Yep. She she is like a rock and roller lunatic who will crush you with a tank. She's like tank but, girl. But like on the good side. Yeah, but she's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it all sounds awful, but she's really nice. She's a sweetheart. She, she's fun crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's your fun she's your fun crazy friend. The one who will go do all of the things out at the out at the bar on the weekend that you just sit back and take video of. Yeah, you're like, all right, you're not harming yourself or anyone. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to go viral on the internet, that's all. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, um, what did you think of this? I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, I think, I and I think that that's her personality. I wish she would stop the howl thing, though. The howl is a little weird. That's yeah. the only thing I don't like. Yeah. Other than that, I dig the character. I think it's great. She has so much personality. Mm -hmm. And I love her tank Hot Wheels that she comes out on. The little tank, yes. Yeah. I Not to be confused with the big tank. <laughs> I thought this felt like a modernized version of something you would see in Glow, and that's a good thing. I, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. Also, though, here's my question. Where did WWE get a tank? Um, somebody, I saw somebody somewhere note that there was something on, there's like a website or something on the side of the tank. Apparently there's a place where you can rent tanks. Rent tanks? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. So keep Too that in questions. mind. Uh, keep that in mind for your wedding or honeymoon or birthday party yeah. or bar mitzvah. So. Yep. Rent a oh. tank. Yep. Oh yes. Bar and bat mitzvahs. That's what they need. Yeah. Tanks. <laughs> uh, sweetie, I was thinking of renting a tank for our honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? You yeah. want to go riding in a tank? Yeah. Sweet 16. Hey. Oh, perfect. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Mia, Mia Yim versus Santana Garrett. Uh, they're up next. A little back and forth early on with Santana shining early. And as per usual with the Santana Garrett match, uh, Mia makes a very quick comeback, hits protect your neck, and wins. So this yes. was also... Very short. Longer than the Carrion Cross match, but not by much. Uh, what did yeah. you think? I will say, though, I actually kind of enjoyed this. I thought Santana got some cool things in in the beginning. I don't know what any of the moves were, mm -hmm. but it looked good. And I thought Mia, um, uh, I thought her protect, the protect your neck she did here, I thought looked amazing. Sometimes yep. it looks a little off. Yeah. Um, 
But I thought, man, she just like nailed it here. And then they called, they said she did a dragon suplex, which I don't know what the hell that is. Yes. But, um, yeah, that she's is, doing some- uh, mm-hmm. for fun, that is when you put somebody in a full Nelson. Mm-hmm. And then you suplex them like a German suplex, but you have their arms trapped in instead like the, of their waist. Yeah, instead of their waist. Well, so yeah, so I just thought she was doing some really cool things. It was short. It wasn't like super flashy. Yes, but I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was a strong showing. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they were okay. It just was, you know, incredibly, incredibly short. It was. Uh, what did just you get? Like them? I like. It. Yes. Two and a quarter. Oh, I went one and a half, and Grapple, oh. <laughs> Grapple went one point two one. All right, Grapple. Not even Here's one my... and a quarter. Wait a second, Grapple. Hold up here. Yeah, I think that's you a little gave too ever. Much. I, that's a little too low. I'm seeing some differences here. Mm-hmm. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, we get uh, post match. Candice comes out, sends her congratulations to Mia Yim finally for winning a match, and says that this is all good and well, but she couldn't beat Charlotte. She couldn't win when it counted. Candace says that she's too focused on the fans who are not in this building. Mm-hmm. That was a little But I weird. love... No, I thought it was funny. That she like... gestured to the people who aren't there? Yep, I thought it was great. You're too focused on the emptiness, Mia. Yeah. Come to the, the light. Uh, they get into a <laughs> fight when Johnny Gargano low bridges Mia Yim as she goes to head for the ropes. And this uh, sends Mia tumbling to the floor. And this brings out Keith Lee, who chases them away. And uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae run away like cowards from Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Oh, when are you? Yep, set the uh, matches. I, when is the mixed tag match happening? I'm thinking it's going to be next week. Uh, that would make sense. They didn't announce anything for next week, did they? I don't remember, but I think they're going to have a mixed tag match and then it's going to, then Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee are going to have the North American title at TakeOver. Yes. And I'm pretty sure they're going to do Mia and Candice, I think there as well, but. I got, I I still think Candice is somehow going to get her way into the women's championship match. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to do it yet. I think they're going to work on building her up uh, as her own persona first and then they'll, uh, then they'll do that. Presumably after mm. the triple threat match that they are going to do for sure. I'm well. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't want to say for sure, but it seems pretty for sure. I mean, that's, what, are, what else are they doing? Yeah. I mean, well, they did ruin the whole rest of the show setting it up. So spoiler alert. Uh, mm. Finn Balor, Damian Priest recap. And then we get Cameron Grimes. I loved this promo. He is somewhere. Uh, On the side of the road. Yeah. I'm sorry. It looked like, you know, when you're driving down a highway and Mm -hmm. you see like the fences with like the The overgrown overgrown stuff. Yep. It looked like he was there. And I was like, what is it? Like, who thought this was a good place? He was so excited that he beat Finn Balor. (laughs) He said that he used to look up to Finn. But then last week he gave him a cave in and Finn was looking up at him. And then he does this like fake laugh, like ha 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 ha, yeah! When he was done, he was so <laughs> happy. Uh, and he says, "Look, he doesn't know. People are going to say what they're going to say. He doesn't know about all that. What he knows is that it's grime time." What? A, it's so stupid. So stupid. Uh, but all that. He's so over the top. It was fun. This was fun, and uh, I think he finally found his accent. Yeah, 
he decided he decided on deep south yep uh, there. <laughs> drake maverick is backstage says that uh all of the cliches you can say about him are true he's heard them his whole career uh but he's tired of second guessing himself he's tired of oh god what did he say like pep talks and ted talks and everything yep, something he's, like that all he has to do tonight is win it's win or go home against kushida this is a pretty good uh little interview it was and then we got Roderick Strong and Dexter Loomis. And Roderick Strong comes out here and looks right into the camera and says, Dexter Loomis, you big creepy dork. I'm going to break your face and your back. And then he gets into the ring. That he uses that he uses the word dork a lot. He sure like, does. That's his that's his go-to word. Well, I mean, it's it's <laughs> WWE, so you can't I guess you can't call anybody an asshole or a prick or mm-hmm. a jerk or a piece of shit or something like that. So he just calls him a big, creepy dork. Dork. Awesome. I kind of appro- I, I kind of approve. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> well, Loomis gets into the ring and Roddy is... Oh, go ahead. Before we get to that, I do... Have, so I don't know if you noticed this. Or I'm sure you did. But so um, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole, of course, walk out with Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. But they did not go to the ring with him. Oh, no. I'm wondering... So I'm wondering if they, they're they stopping that now. Like, oh, if you're not in the match, you don't go into the ring. Unless, like, it's over kind of a thing. Maybe? I thought That's kind were, of what it seems like. Yeah. It was a little weird that they didn't just stay at ringside to help him cheat. Especially considering how mm-hmm. the match ended, but... I don't yeah. know. Let's let's talk about how the match went. Uh, okay. So Roddy is starts off this match by wrestling this big dork, putting him in arm ringers and hammer locks, and uh, Dexter essentially scares him off of him. Uh, <laughs> they exchange uh, strikes, uh, which leads to Loomis having control uh, due to his size and reach. Roddy then back suplexes him on the apron on the outside, and he has the advantage throughout a commercial break. When we come back, Mm -hmm. uh, Dexter, he's got Dexter in a submission hold, but I guess Dexter creeps his way out of the hold by continuing to stare at Roderick Strong. (laughs) At one point, he's like, stop looking at me, Uh, I think is something that Roderick yelled at him. Uh, (laughs) So he he let go of the hold. And he hits him with a Roddy slam, gets a two, tries to go for a second one, but it is countered. Dexter starts a comeback, hits a slingshot suplex on Roddy for a two. Roddy then cuts him off with some strikes, and he's going to try to hook him into the stronghold. And Dexter tries to counter it, but Roddy counters the counter and pins his shoulders to the mat. And Roderick Strong wins after the, well, we'll talk about after the match in a minute, but what did you think of the match? Uh, the match, I thought it, it was a little, str- I thought it ended pretty quickly, yeah. all things considered for how like it was building up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did take some note here on, uh, some fun thing or things I thought were fun. Yeah. So there was one point like, so Dexter Loomis is like in the middle of the ring or mm-hmm. like, you know, halfway across the ring from Roderick Strong and he, yes. Roderick Strong's yelling at the, the ref, back him up, back him up. Like he's just, man's just creeped out. Yes. And I think it's totally going to the character build here. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Ronnie's very Beth, scared. Yeah, and then Beth even at one point asking if Loomis can feel pain. Yes. Because he never changes his facial expression. I'm like, that's no. genius. Like what the it's real I think that they're really selling that very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um 
so, and I thought some of this was cool. Um, I guess it makes sense now that Kurt Angle is going to be roughing uh, a match because there were some Olympic slams here, right? Yes. It, was, it was pointed out to me that this that was his move. Yes. Um, and then, uh, there, yeah, there were just a few things that went on here that I thought was really cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Loomis, when, once he got control, he was just throwing strong around. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he was nothing. And then I don't know what this means. Maybe you can remember. Okay. Um, I have, I say, Loomis takes strong off the ropes into a suplex. Oh, yeah, the suplex. Looking shot. like, okay, looking like something that we usually see out of the cruiser weights. Like, these guys are just doing things that I was like, maybe mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be doing this, but. He actually hey. did some moves in this match. Yeah. It, I thought it was different. It was weird, but I actually kind of enjoyed this match. So. Okay. Uh, That's what I'll say. Um, I mean, Dexter Loomis continues to not be my speed in the ring. Uh, I like him. I don't know why. I shouldn't. I the, think I'm so invested in the character. The char- <laughs> I mean, the character to me, I think, is fun. But I love it. The longer he wrestles, the less interested I become. That being said, this was not the lowest rated match I, I had on this show. So uh, oh. I believe we already had th- those matches uh, mm. already happened. So this wasn't the lowest rated match on the show for me. But it kind of just doesn't. I don't know. It's not. It's not all the way there for me in the hmm. ring. What did, What did you give him? I gave it two and three quarters. Okay. Yeah. So I went with a two. Okay. A grapple though, two point five nine. Yeah, grapple. Yeah. So they're feeling. <laughs> they're they're definitely feeling you there more than they're feeling me for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, Loomis just grabs Roddy, puts him in the choke. Undisputed Era comes out to break this up. And then the Velveteen Dream, he comes out to break all of this up. And then does what I can only presume is a cleverly edited top rope elbow drop off of the top to the outside, over the guard railing, onto Adam Cole, onto Cement. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure he did not actually do that uh, due to the way that they cut this. It was very well cut. but It was. There's no way he did this legit because he would have well, killed his hip. Bad. He yeah. would have killed Adam Cole. He would have killed his elbow. Like everything would have been dead from this. But yes. it was cut together very well. It was. And it looked cool. Yeah. He and still did the move, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah, he did do the leap. Yeah. Um, Which is the impressive part. Yes. I would not have done it. No. Even onto a crash pad or something. Like, no, I'm going to screw up I, something and get hurt really bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, mm, I'm good. So I guess we're still doing Dream and Cole. That's still a thing that's happening. I uh, I don't think so. I don't know. No. Maybe I some sort of tag match, maybe? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. More so. But I have to say, Loomis, first of all, the weird, creepy crawl he does yes. is so perfect because that's how he captured... Roderick Strong on the outside. Yes. Like, he was the perfect height. And then he just sat there stroking Roderick Strong's hair. Yes. I was like, this is the weird... This is so weird, but I enjoy it. Like, <laughs> um, it's like watching bad TV. Like, a bad TV show. Yes. Oh, that. well, I will agree with you on that on that one for sure. Uh, so, after, after that, Akira Tozawa is congratulating El Hio del Fantasma. Uh, and actually, I'm stunned at how great Akira Tozawa's English is now. Uh, he he spoke he spoke pretty good English when he came to WWE, but mm-hmm. it was very very good here. Uh, mm-hmm. So congratulations to Tozawa, your English is amazing. But uh, 
when Phantasma was about to leave, the Luchanappers tried to uh, uh, Luchanap Tazawa, and they were attacking him up against Phantasma's driver's side door. So Phantasma had to yeah. try to weasel his way out to the passenger side door, and by the time he did that, the Luchanappers had escaped. Yeah. So. Which still begs the question, where are Mendoza and Wild? Yeah, they're gone, apparently. Perhaps indoctrinated. Perhaps that was them under the under the masks. Maybe, like yeah, that was they have to commit a crime to be accept, fully accepted, kind of a thing. Well, yeah. Uh, so after that, we got like our third squash match, but easily the best one. Brit this Am- was fun. Yeah, Brit Am Brawlers against Everrise. The Brawlers just smash them repeatedly. Just they hit them hard. They hit them with everything they had. They put them in double submissions and won. And then afterwards, they mocked the um, the Imperium stance. Apparently, they mm-hmm. will be wrestling them soon. That match will be great. Uh, yep. there, there wasn't a there wasn't a lot that happened in this match, but it was so great. the The brawlers have so much energy. It was just they awesome. Do. They really do. And like Lorcan, especially. Like yeah. my God, that man and is I not love- afraid to scream in an empty building. No, and I just, I love their style because it's not pretty. No. Um, but they're not like, but they're somehow, it's like, there's like a fluidness to their madness, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, they flow really well, but they look out of control. They do, but I, and I love them. And Birchman, he's, he honestly is probably the only wrestler, like WWE wrestler that I'd be like, mm, yeah, if I was in a bar fight, I want that guy on my team. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I buy it like, from him for sure. Like I feel like he can actually handle himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so not much happened, but what would you give it? I enjoyed it though. I gave it a two and a half. Yeah, I came close. I went two and a quarter. I'm like, should wow. I give this two and a half? Uh, I debated it, and I'm like, well, it was so short. But mm-hmm. uh, gra- oh, you know what? I'm looking at this grapple score. Guess what? I'm changing what? it to two and a half right now. Why would they give it? It's now a two and a half. No, because Grapple only gave this 1.57. What? Wrong. So wrong. Wow, Grapple. The squash match was great, and you should have loved it. Machine. It was. And, like, I don't know. I just, it was, oh, man. The Pretty Arm Brawlers, though, are just the best. And Yep. Uh, Keith Lee requested some interview time and says that he does not care about what the Garganos have to say about him. He cares about what they did tonight. And when everything comes to a head, it's going to happen at TakeOver. So, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, One thing I do want to say about that promo, though, Keith Lee, asking the real questions, like, why are you taping yourself while you're eating dinner? Yeah, who does that? get that. Yeah. Thank you, Keith. Super weird. Uh... Matt Riddle, uh, this wasn't the the best of Matt Riddle, but he is. No. This is where he says he wanted Thatcher in a cage. So there was that. Put him in a cage. Put him in a cage. Uh, Kushida versus Drake Maverick in a Group A match. If Kushida wins, he wins the block. If Drake wins, it forces a three way tie. So because okay, yes. let me see if I understand. Because if that. How if it's a head to head? If Drake beats Kushida and Kushida beat Atlas and Atlas beat Drake, and Drake that's beat, why. Yeah, yep. Okay. And th- so they all beat Tony and me. 
and they've all beaten Tony Nese. Uh, so <laughs> Kushida is out wrestling Drake easily early on. Jake Atlas is shown at ringside watching and cheering on Drake. All yeah. Kushida so far, after a break, Drake starts making a, uh, a fighting comeback, hits a code red on Kushida, gets a two, uh, but then Kushida kicks him right in the arm, hits him with like the fastball punch, puts him in the hoverboard lock, and Drake will not quit. He's begging the ref not to stop the match. Eventually, he gets to the ropes, and the ref has to break the hold. Uh, Kushida goes up top, but Drake cuts him off. As Drake climbs to the top, he gets put in the hoverboard lock again, but manages to escape. And he tries to hit his avalanche bulldog, the move that got him the win last time. But Kushida countered this into an armbar. But much like a match earlier on in the show with Roddy and Loomis, Drake counters the counter and rolls up Kushida to get the upset win and forces a three-way tie. Jacqueline, what did yeah. you think of Kushida and Drake Maverick? I was shocked that Drake won. Mm-hmm. But very, very much so. And actually, I will say, at the end of the match, Kushida did not look happy. No. And I get it. I get it. But also, like, very uncharacteristic of him. You yeah, know, like, disappoint- disappointed was- in himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, um, but he was just, man, he was... It looked like he was turning Drake Maverick into a Stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. What he was doing with those that man's arms. I'm pretty sure there was one move where, like, it just looked like he dislocated both of his shoulders. I'm like, what is happening? Yes. This, <laughs> this is not human. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, oh, Kushida, he's, like, stomped on uh, Ma- Maverick's arm, which I yep. was like, that's a Shayna Baszler move. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. A yeah, little dirty tactic, that. yeah. Yeah, um, I I I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. Um, not the best Kushida match we've seen. No, <clears throat> I'll say that. Um, and it actually was a little slow for his style, from what I've seen anyway. So yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was good, and just super confused because they haven't signed Drake back yet, right? As far as I know, but. They kind of have to have if they're doing this like this, but maybe I not. I don't know. I don't know. They're Who a weird knows? company. They are. So um, I don't if, know. I have some, cra- some crazy feelings about this. Um, what did you give them? <laughs> I gave it a two and a half. Oh, okay. So I like this one. I like this one a little bit more than you did. I, I like mm-hmm. this. I like the story they were telling here. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they worked pretty well together. Uh, there was a, there were a couple of things that were a little clunky and mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as high speed as some of Kushida's other matches are, but I think they were kind of substituting in the story they were telling with Drake Maverick. And I mm-hmm. think it all worked pretty well. I went with a three. Wow. Which okay. This ended up, spoiler alert, being my match of the night. Match of the night. Because the other match that would have been match of the night was ruined. Uh, Grapple gave this a 3.19. Wow. Okay. They liked it even a little bit more than me. They did. All right. I'll take it. I did like at the end, though, how all three men were in the ring together and yeah. like chatting. I was like, <laughs> just having a convo. Friends. Yeah. I was like, Everyone love each other. Give them uh, a hug. <laughs> Damien Priest in his Damien Priest voice says multiple targets is the key to infamy. I don't know what he's talking about there, but he says that he targeted Finn Balor essentially as a stepping stone for his own career, and they too will be having a match at TakeOver in your house. Mm. Can't say I'm super pumped for that one. No. 
I don't know. They got to be doing something fun with it, though, right? Like I hope so. Like weapons? Yeah. I think they're going to well, do the three-way next week, by the way. I should note. What, the uh, what? Uh, the Kushida, Jake Atlas, oh, yes, they Drake are. Maverick. So there is that. Uh, all right. So main event time, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and both of these ladies very evenly matched early on. In fact, a lot of back and mm-hmm. forth heading right into a break. After the break, Io manages to eventually swing things in her favor, but Rhea cuts her mm-hmm. off up top, hits this huge superplex, gets a two. Rhea is uh, working her over again until Io catches her in a submission out of nowhere. Uh, Rhea gets to the ropes. At that point, Io hits the tiger faint kick, hits the springboard drop kick, and hits a suicide dive when Charlotte comes out to ruin the match. Well, it continued for a minute, and then Charlotte ruined the Charlotte match. Charlotte ruined the match. Mm-hmm. Ca- just running in, causing a DQ. So there was like a spot on the outside where uh, Io gave Rhea a head scissors, and it tossed Rhea into Charlotte and knocked her down. And that's when she decided to get into the match and interject and cause a disqualification. So they are mm-hmm. setting up for the three-way, but I thought this match was well on its way to being match of the show when yeah. they ruined it with this ending. What did you think? I took out uh, the Charlotte Flair interference while scoring it okay. because I thought these ladies did a great job. I thought they were there were some good, good moves happening here. I, the, yeah. the two of them just looked amazing against each other. They work really well together. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, e- when EO took control, man, it was just like, like, watch out. And I like that she was focusing on like getting uh, Rhea down. Like, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> she was really like, I'm going to knock you out. Yep. Um, so I did enjoy that. EO's DDT at the end looked great. Like there's just a whole bunch of really good things happening here. So yes. I decided to take out the how it ended okay um one scoring it and i gave it a three okay uh yeah i i didn't i i gotta mm-hmm. i gotta for me i gotta include the ending but uh i gave them two and three quarters but okay i also noted here mm-hmm. this would have been well over three if they had had a mm-hmm. complete proper match uh, a proper yeah a proper ending and i would imagine the match would have gone on a little bit more and we would have gotten a bit more yeah. Um, I thought these two worked really well together. I presume the three-way will actually be a very good match, but I hate that we're having, uh, we have to have these like, crappy endings. No, I mean, I like Charlotte. I just don't like, I don't like how they're setting this up with all of these potentially really good matches with yeah. bad endings to them. So, And then Charlotte was on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. As, with the like, title, apparently, person. yeah. As so a good like- person? As a baby yeah, face? No up, way. Yeah. Yeah, she went up against <laughs> Bailey, who's who's a heel. Who's and a it's heel? like Yeah. Right. So and then apparently the WWE's uh uh explanation for it was that Charlotte's not a face or a heel. She's a star. Oh Jesus. I okay. have so many words for that that I cannot say <laughs> while we're recording. <laughs> She's just a superstar, everybody. Uh like oh. a grapple gave this two point nine one, by the way. Okay. So, so there is yeah. that. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's NXT. Uh, in terms of the war that is still ongoing, although it's kind of not really. I, uh, I think the war is over. It's kind of <laughs> over. Uh, AEW really wrecked them this week. Um, in fact, they did so well in their 18 to 49 that they bumped all the way back up into the top 10 and finished in seventh place. And wow. NXT did not even chart. 
Makes sense. They fell below 600,000 viewers. Uh, it just was not a good week for NXT. And AEW, I think, also had the better show. Hmm. So uh, there is all of that. Uh, AEW is my pick. However, the seeing what AEW does, and we're going to do that too thing, continues for WWE. As hmm. I saw a news story maybe an hour or two before we started recording here. That is saying, at least for Raw and SmackDown, I don't know if this is going to be the case for NXT, but they're going to be using various NXT or Performance Center talents to serve as audience members at ringside, which is what AEW is essentially doing on their shows. They have wrestlers who aren't wrestling on that show uh, Mm -hmm. and various members of the crew or whatever. Uh, They are in and around the ringside area and they're there to make noise and while it's not a full crowd or anything like that, it helps so much more. Something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it adds something. And NXT could do this, too. They could just take performance center guys who aren't on television and just mm-hmm. put them out there to cheer and boo. And it'll just, it'll be something. It'll be better than what we've got right now. Because, man, I keep going back to that awkward silence with Ciampa and Cross. And it was yeah. so awkward. It was weird. We we could have used like, you know, you suck cross, like something, yeah. anything. But there was nothing. <laughs> nope. Uh, they uh they don't care about us that much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I you know, I think they just saw it as like uh oh, we can't have our wrestlers. our wrestlers are stars. They're not fans. They can't be out there. Like I think that was their thought process. Probably. But the shows are so much better with noise. They are. It's so much weirder without it. And uh, it only took them, God, I don't know, months, but they figured it out finally. So better, better late than late never. Than yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the show for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks featuring Kushida versus Jake Atlas versus Drake Maverick in the finals of the Group A portion of the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. <laughs>